they, they don't know the word. They're destroyed by, because of a lack of knowledge of the word of God. Let us, Lord, have your word and be built up and be edified. And Lord, teach us tonight about the fear of God. And we thank you and give you glory and honor. In your precious name we pray and ask. Amen. Now, Proverbs 9.10, and I'm just going to use this as a foundational scripture. But it says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. I'm teaching on the fear of the Lord. And I want to get to the treasure of it here in just a little bit. But um, I know some of you don't know who Ed Cole is. But he was an, a, 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 an evangelist and a pastor, I believe. A, a man that spoke very prophetic. He was a great speaker um, to men. He had one of the greatest, uh, I believe, men's ministry uh, globally, one of the greatest men's ministries globally and nationally, I think that anybody ever has promise keepers actually came out of Ed Cole's ministry. But he was a tremendous man of God, a great speaker, and we went through all of his uh, teaching several years ago. My goodness, it's probably been 12 or 15 years ago. We went through it when uh, Jack Pierce was here and was our men's ministry leader. But Ed Cole made a statement. He was a tremendous preacher, and he made a statement and once said that the fear of the Lord is what we need the most in this country. We need it the most in churches need it. They need to hear it. Christians need to hear it because a lot of things, if not almost everything, hinges on how we approach the fear of the Lord. We must have the fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. And I want to caution you tonight to not tune out my message because a lot of times if we don't receive or hear a message that appeals to us and that excites us and we think is going to you know, bring a, a specific kind of emotional edification, we tune it out. Don't do that tonight. Because the Word of God is, is full of a lot of different truths and or one truth, but it's many principles and many things that are to be taught to us. And we need to hear it all, not just the sweet things, not just the pastries, not just the cotton candy, not just the blessing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? But everything needs to be taught and we need to embrace it. In fact, those are the things we need to hear the most. So... We, I want to caution you tonight not to tune out my message because a lot don't want to hear it. They say, how can a message on the fear of the Lord bless me? It can and it will. It will and it does. And we must hear it because the fear of the Lord affects every area of our life. Solomon wrote Proverbs. He was inspired by the Holy Ghost to write Proverbs. And in Proverbs 1 verse 7, this is what it says. <clears throat> It says in Proverbs 1 verse 7, almost the exact same scripture, but a little bit different from our opening text. But he said, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now I want you, uh, you know, to hear what God is saying through the great king and the great uh, writer of the most wisest, uh, wisest man on earth that we knew besides Jesus that recorded all of the Proverbs here that we read. Listen, fools despise wisdom, he said, and the instruction of the Lord. 
We will either, hear this statement, we will either fear God or we will fear every part of life that is absent of God. Let me say it again. We will either fear God or we will fear every part of life that is absent of God. Because there are two fears. There's the fear of God, which is a special kind of fear. It's, it's, it's God fear. It's, it's the fear of the holy. It's the fear of an almighty God. It's the belief, the acceptance the conviction that God is real. You want to know why the world doesn't fear God? They don't believe He's real. But there will be a fear that will come upon the world and they will know that God is real. But it's the belief. The fear of God is a special kind of fear and it is the belief, the acceptance, the conviction that God is real. That His wisdom is the greatest wisdom And you accept that. That's when you have the fear of God. That He is eternal and that He is beyond humanity and His his wisdom, His character, everything about Him is beyond us. It's greater than us. It's superior than us. And it's like no other. See, people think in the world that reject God. I don't need God. He doesn't exist. And I said the very fact that your breath is in His hands proves that He exists. If you were greater, well, I believe that there was some higher power. I said, where did it start? Where did it come from? They never have an answer. I can tell you, I have an answer. His name is Jesus. He's the almighty God. Somebody said, I believe the big bang theory. I said, me too. I said, God said, let there be light and bang, there was. Come on now. If we humbly submit to his almightiness, his infiniteness you've just begun to know wisdom and live your life under his influence there is worldly fear and what worldly fear is a life absent of God you want to know why they're worried about the economy because they don't fear God but when you fear God you've got to know that he can do all things he can accomplish all things he knows how to feed 15,000 people with a little lunch He knows how to stop the sun in its place, turn it back a few dials. He knows how to cause a handful of meal, just a handful of meal to feed a widow and her son until a famine's over. He knows how to shut the heavens. He knows how to open them up. He knows how to split the Red Sea. He knows how to do all things. He raised his very son from the dead. Amen. We serve an almighty God. And you've either got the fear of the world that fears everything that's happening because they are, they're absent of God or you've got God fear that you and I have and we fear everything in the Lord. But when you come under his, you know, under and submission to him and humility to him, you can know I've put my faith and trust in an almighty God. And when you begin to fear the Lord, it's the beginning. It's just the entry point. The rest of your life, as you walk in the fear of God, you're going to watch Him do marvelous things. I I, I feared the Lord and ran to an altar in 1990. I've been fearing Him all these years. And He's always taken care of me. He's always provided. He's always carried me through. 
I know the fear of the world. I know the fear of the enemy tries to bring upon you, but I also know the fear of God. And uh, I want you to listen to what Solomon had to say about the rejectors of God's fear. And then we'll get on to some other things. But in verse 23 of chapter 1, chapter 1, Proverbs 1, 23, he basically says, God told them, turn you at my reproof, and behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, and will make known my words unto you, because I have called, and you refused. He said, I've stretched out my hand, no man regarded. In other words, you rejected God. You have set at naught all my counsel. You said, I I would none of my reproof. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I don't want to hear, God, that there is only two genders. I don't want to hear, God, that drag queens shouldn't be reading books to kindergartners and dancing with nothing on, hardly, and confusing children. I don't want to hear that. They'll say, I don't want to hear any of that. I don't want to hear, you know, all of these things that were, you know, that's that's of a biblical base and holy and moral and wholesome and pure and lovely. I don't want to hear any of those things. That's what the world says. Come on now. But he said, you have said it not all of my counsel and with none of my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear comes, because there will come a fear that's not God fear, but not biblical fear or the fear of the Lord, but it's a worldly fear. It's a worldly fear. It's a demonic fear. It's an earthly fear. It's a natural fear. And I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear comes as desolation and your destruction comes as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish comes upon you, then shall they call upon me, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsels. They despised all of my reproof. Therefore shall they eat of the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. But whosoever hearkens unto me shall dwell safely, glory to God, and shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So there's the fear of evil, the fear of the world, the fear of the natural, the fear fear of the enemy, the fear of the earth. All of those fears that are absent of God. And then there's the fear of the Lord. And he says unto you and I, we don't have to fear anything but God. Amen. Jesus himself said, don't be afraid of, of a man that can take your life. Be afraid of the fact that that not only the person that could take your life from you, take your breath out of your lungs, and has the power to put you in heaven or hell. He said, you better fear that, God. Not somebody that that thinks they can, because God can raise you back up through somebody. 
But he's the only one that can put you and I in heaven or hell. So Solomon says this, and he says there is another kind of fear. The fear that calamity brings or stirs in a person. The fear that comes as desolation, which is a deserted feeling, an empty feeling, a rejected feeling, an abandoned feeling, a feeling of just despair. There is the fear that comes as desolation. There's the fear of anguish, the fear of distress, the fear of evil. He shares all of those things in that scripture. In short, we will fear God or we will fear evil. But you're going to fear something. Listen to what your pastor and more so the word of God is saying. The fear of God always responds to the other fears of the world, the circumstances, and the devil completely. God responds by his fear in a powerful way to every other fear. Listen, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm going to prove it to you. The three Hebrew boys were standing at that fiery furnace. And they had a fear of God. And they had a fear of that furnace and of Nebuchadnezzar that was right there before them. And they said to him, they said, we see that fiery furnace. We see that you want us to bow to it. And that is exactly where we're at today. The world's saying, bow, Christian. Bow and worship me. Bow and worship the things that I'm trying to cram down your throat. Bow and worship idolatry and whatever we stand for. Bow. And God is saying, don't bow. You can fear them or you can fear me and the fear of God absolutely consumed the fear of the fiery furnace. Think about it for just a second. That's a powerful statement. They said we choose the fear of God over the fear that you're trying to put in us. We choose the fire to go through that fire than to go through the fire that God could put us through and what happened was they were in the midst of that fiery furnace and they chose the fear of God and the fear of God, the very Christ was inside that fiery furnace walking around that thing and they didn't get burned. The only thing that burned off of them was the was the ropes that were around their hands and O Nebuchadnezzar looks down there and he says in his servant all I see is four in there didn't we throw three people in that fire yeah there's four in there and they're walking around they got their clothes on Their clothes aren't burnt. Their hair isn't burnt. The only thing that burned off of them was the bondage around them. They pulled them out of the fire. And they said, they don't even smell like smoke. Do you see that? The fear of God. They said, we choose the fear of God. If we burn up in that fire, heaven's not a bad deal. But God wasn't done with them because he was trying to prove something to, to Nebuchadnezzar and all of the people of Babylon that there is a God that's superior to the fear. Do you hear me? He's superior to the fear. Whenever there's a fear, there's no food for anybody to eat. All we've got is a little bit. Everybody that's a Christian will eat. You hear me? You don't have to worry about that fear. I'm not saying that you don't plan and you don't prepare, that you don't have a little bit, you know, put to the side. I got a few bags of rice put to the side for a rainy day or a famine time. Nothing wrong with that. I got some beans too I'll share with you. Sister Scott said, them beans are five years old. I said, beans don't go bad. They don't go bad. 
And even if they're a little stale, they'll still be good to eat. God will bring them to life. But the fear that the world puts upon you, you better, you better. God said, you better be fearful of me. Because I'm telling you, the fear of God has power behind it. Because what you're saying is, I fear an almighty, powerful God. And he's going to see me through all of this. He's going to see me through all of it. It's like that little boy in Africa that was standing in front of Boko Haram. And they were, they were killing people. And that little boy stood there. And he, he, he stood there and they could not kill him. They were shooting. All of them. They were shooting. And he just stood there. You couldn't kill him. They shot him and shot him and shot him and shot him. Every bullet went around him. I can tell you when you walk in the fear of God, you don't have to worry what the enemy's trying to do to you. Glory to God. Are you getting what I'm saying? They feared God more. And their fear or reverence of God had an ending or finish. And it is always victory. Always. When you fear the Lord, you'll always walk in victory. Always. In Isaiah 33, verse 6. Isaiah 33, verse 6. Let me give you a little nugget. You ready for a nugget? Isaiah 33, verse 6. Listen. It says in Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Isaiah says, and wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. When you fear the Lord, He'll give you wisdom and knowledge, and it'll make you stable in the times that you're living in. And strength of salvation. Praise God. When you fear the Lord, you'll have stability, you'll have strength of salvation, and the fear of the Lord will be your treasure. The fear of the Lord is His treasure. Did you know that the fear of the Lord is a treasure? Because it is. The fear is the beginning, and then comes wisdom, and every proper, every correct, every profitable, every protective decision comes after it. When you fear the Lord, as you begin to walk with Him, He gives you wisdom, He gives you stability in the times that you're living in, He gives you knowledge, He gives you strength of salvation. There have been times as I walked in the fear of God, God told me, don't go there. Don't do that. That person wants to talk to you, but don't even have a conversation with them because they're trying to pull you into something, and God is already a step ahead of them. Thank you, Jesus. See how good God is? devil trying to trip me up. I'm sure-footed. He gives you sure-footedness. That's what it says. You'll not slip. devil may try to trip you, but you know what? You'll not slip. But the fear of God is the beginning, and then comes all of these other things as you fear God. Wisdom for a situation. Proper and correct, 
profitable, protective decisions will be made. The proper decision will be made. The proper and correct thing to do. You'll be profitable in everything that you do because you're walking in the fear of the Lord. And you will be protected in every situation. Amen. You'll be protected. The fear of the Lord is a treasure. And it's your treasure. Proverbs 2 tells us this. Now this we're, we're reading the word here. But Proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 says this. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that you incline your ear unto wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hid treasure. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. You and I have to go to God in the first place and say, Lord, your wisdom, your knowledge, your insight, your character, everything about you is greater than me and where I'm at. It's greater than any wisdom anybody upon this earth could give except they give me biblical wisdom. Why do we always go to somebody else first? But we do. Give me the phone. I'm going to call a friend. You don't need to phone a friend. You're not on to be a millionaire. You need to get on the phone to Jesus. And we got a Holy Ghost hotline. Amen. But he said, if you'll seek, search rather and seek, if you'll cry after it, if you'll lift up your voice, if you'll seek for it as silver and search for it as hid treasures, that means you have to mine the word of God. You have to mine in your, your relationship with God. Sit there and think about what you're saying to God. We rattle off things. And look, church, I, all I'm saying to you is this. Sit down and when you pray, have an intelligent conversation with God. Have a heartfelt one. A lot of times we just get down and we pray. And, and have you ever prayed and you prayed for a period of time and you thought, I don't even know what I prayed. Don't even say you haven't because I've done it. And I know if I've done it, you've done it. But then there are times when you get down and you really talk to God and it's like you and God. And you leave that place of prayer and you say, I had a profitable time in prayer. I grew. I learned. I was touched. I left there better than I came. Okay? As you begin to search it out and you invest in it, you say there's value here in seeking God. He said, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord. It's just the beginning of it, but wisdom begins to come, and you'll find the knowledge of God. He said, listen, for the Lord gives wisdom out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And he lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is the buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserves the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto your soul, discretion shall preserve thee. Some people have no discretion. They don't have any conviction. They don't have anything that is a boundary to them. We need to have, come on now. You need to have convictions and discretion that God put in you. 
But what do we do? We go over and go, what do you think, brother? What does God think? It doesn't matter what Mike thinks. If God's already speaking to me about something or if he's already put a check in my heart, why am I asking somebody else to change what I'm feeling? When God's the one that is my boundary and discretion, but as you begin to seek God, the fear of the Lord will bring you to a place where the only one that matters is God. I fear Him, and so what matters is what He thinks, not what my peers think, not what my friends think, not what my spouse even thinks, even though I'm talking about spiritual things, you know. And uh, so He goes on to say, when wisdom enter, enters into your heart and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve you, understanding shall keep you to deliver you from the way of the evil man, from the man that speaks forward things, who leaves the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoices to do evil and delights in the forwardness of, wick, of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they for, they're forward in their paths. Not only to deliver you from the evil man, but to deliver you from the evil woman. To deliver you from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God, for her house inclines unto death and her paths unto the dead. No, none that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life that you may walk in the way of good men and keep the path of righteousness. For the upright shall dwell in the land and the perfect shall remain in it. Why did I share this with you? Because the fear of the Lord is a treasure. It is a treasure. I want you to just for a moment imagine. Okay, and I hate to use this as an analogy, but it's the only thing that's really going to hit home with you. You've got your phone in your hand. How many in here use your phone as a GPS? The older crowd is like, what? If you have an iPhone, you punch in Waze or Google Maps if you're real brave. Waze is better. I'm just going to tell you, Jesus is the way. Amen. Just remember that. They're more accurate. They're going to get you there sooner. Some people say, no, I like Google Maps better. Get lost if you want to. They've, I've got lost so many times under Google Maps, and so whatever. But... You've got your GPS. You probably have your banking or a couple of your banks in there. Some of you say, no, I don't do that. But there are people in here that have your bank on your iPhone. And you Zelle and you pay bills and you do all. You check your banking account. You know, if you're one of us that doesn't have any money, you have to do that all the time. Amen. You say, I don't have to worry about that. I got 100000 in my bank account. Well, God bless you. For all of the rest of us peasants, we don't. And so we check our bank account, you know, because we want to make sure we don't bounce anything. But you've probably got your bank information. You've got your credit cards. You might pay your credit cards off of there if you got credit cards. Some of you, you maybe not. But I'm just telling you, 80% that's sitting in this room, you have that phone. And it has so many things that are useful to you. You can bank. You can check this. You can check that. You can check your blood pressure. You can check your heart rate. You can check how much oxygen you've got in your lungs and your blood. There are so many things that you can do with that smartphone. Amen. In a sense, that's why you don't leave home without it. Because it's, it's everything. It's, you panic. 
I don't know how to get there. I don't know if I got money when I get there. I don't know how to text the person that's supposed to meet me there because I don't, everything is there. It's in a sense, okay, just understand this. It has so many things, so many things that are an asset to you and that are valuable to you and that you depend upon. Imagine the fear of the Lord and you're beginning to, to, to come before him and he says, all of these things will I do as you come under the fear of the Lord. They are a blessing to you. They will lead you in your life. They will guide you. They will keep you. You know, you should thank, be thankful that you have GPS and Waze because it tells you where there's an accident. It tells you where there's traffic. It tells you there's a police officer up here. So speed racer, slow it down. Come on. I'm just being real with you. And all you speeders know what I'm talking about. Slow it down. Drive the speed limit. Amen. Praise God. I just plead the blood, Pastor. You're not supposed to plead the blood and then be in rebellion to God's word. All right. Let's look straight ahead. But he says, there will come an understanding, verse 5, of the fear of the Lord and the knowledge of God. Verse 8, you will be kept and preserved. Verse 9, you'll understand righteousness and the value of righteousness. Verse 10, you'll value the pleasantness in your soul of the fear of the Lord. Some of you are, are feeling joys that you haven't felt for years because you're walking with God. You don't have to look over your shoulder and worry about if somebody's going to come up behind you. You don't have to sit in the restaurant with your back to the wall in the, in the, in the, you know, the booth because you want to make sure you know everybody is coming through the door. I had a guy one time, he said, I always slide in. I said, brother, sit. No. He goes, I always sit with my back to the wall in the restaurant. And I never sit by the window. And I thought, what is wrong with you? He said, well, you know, there's a lot of people. And I said, brother, let me tell you something. That's why you need to get right with God. Then you don't have to be looking over your back all the time because when you've got a peace in your heart, you don't have to worry about that. I've got the fear of God, amen? And I know that he's going to protect me and take care of me. Trust him. Trust him. Almighty God. You'll understand righteousness, its value. You'll understand the pleasantness in your soul. That it keeps you, verse 11. And that you'll be delivered from the way of the evil man, in verse 13 through 15. And you'll be delivered from the strange woman, from the flattery, from a spirit that causes you to forsake your godly convictions. That you will be freed from impurities inside your person. And you will never forget the covenant of God. You'll see this as a pathway, uh, you know, uh, to death if you break that covenant. If you don't walk in the fear of God, you will not be mindful and convicted about the covenant that God has made with you and the one you've made with Him. Well, I didn't make a covenant with God. That's your problem. When you come down and you commit your life to Jesus, you say, Lord, I'm going to repent. I'm walking away from this trash. This has brought death and darkness and pain and suffering. And I'm leaving that. I'm going to walk in the fear of the Lord. We must have the fear of the Lord. You'll see, as, as it says, this pathway 
that uh, the, and this woman that has flattering you with her words and causing you to forsake the guide of your youth because she forsook the guide of her youth. She forgot the God of her covenant and who you hang out with is who you'll become. You want to know why you do the things that you shouldn't do around the people that you do them? Because they influence you and you don't influence them. It should be the other way around. I've heard women and men both say it. Well, you know, Pastor, I know they're not a Christian, but I'm gonna I, I'm just I'm dating them, but I'm gonna I said, hold on here just a second. You ain't gonna sell me on something that's contrary to God's word. You better make sure that they're serving God before you start connecting your wagon up to them. You understand? Because then you'll be into the marriage and you'll go, what in the world have I done? I'm, I'm with somebody that I am unequally yoked with. And, and I, I, I say to them, or I have, I have said before, God put up stop sign after stop sign after stop sign. You blew right through it. I said, you thought you knew better. And I said, but God is saying to you, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He'll tell you, don't do it. You, you may have to suffer for a moment here with a little bit of hurt on this side of a relationship, but it'll be a whole lot more heartache and pain and suffering and loss once you get into it years down the road. Amen. Listen, your pastor's trying to tell you something. The Word of God's trying to tell you something. You see, in, in Proverbs 10, I want to read these scriptures to you. Proverbs 10, verse 2. I'm not going to preach all night, just a little bit longer here. Proverbs 10, verse 2 says this. It says, treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivers from death. In verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 19, it says, as righteousness tends to life, so he that pursues evil pursues it to his own death. There are paths that go towards death because people choose not to fear the Lord. But on the flip side of that, in chapter 12, verse 28, this is what it says. In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. Chapter 14, verse 26, he said, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. So when you fear God, you're going to have a place of refuge, and you're going to have a confidence that you didn't have otherwise. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Some of you wouldn't be here today if you hadn't responded to the fear of the Lord. You would be dead you would have been shot, stabbed, overdosed. You wouldn't be here today if you had not responded to the fear of the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 6 says, By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. This is why we must have the fear of the Lord. We must. I'm telling you, scriptures tells us the fear of the Lord is a treasure to keep us on the path of life and not death. 
There is so much in the Word, more than one message on this topic or truth, I should say. But I want to leave you with a warning. Choose the fear of the Lord. I've covered this. Choose the fear of the Lord. And briefly, I've shared with you about the treasure of the fear of the Lord. But there is a condition to move past the initial fear of God into the blessedness of wisdom and the knowledge of God. David tells us in Psalms chapter 34, Psalms 34, he says in verse 11, Come ye children, hearken unto me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. And depart from evil and do good, seek peace, and pursue it. David tells us in chapter 34, number one, hearken unto the Lord. Be taught the fear of the Lord. Be taught it. I purposed in God. Every day I want to study one scripture or read a scripture and ponder it and meditate upon it about the fear of the Lord. Because that is something in my life and your life that diminishes and it gets... It, it, it just kind of fleets away and it, it, it just it trickles down out of us. And we forget that. That's why people are so easy to go back into sin and get tempted and they just yield to that temptation. Because where there's no fear of God, you will do whatever because you forget the covenant that he made with you and you made with him. I will follow you, Lord. This isn't all just about what God has done for you. Yes, he has done everything for us. But what I'm trying to say, let me rephrase that because that didn't come out exactly how I wanted to say it. When we have a relationship with God, it's two-sided. It's what God's done and it's how we respond. You know, it's, people have this mentality that it's all just what Jesus has done and what God has done. And I'm just, you know, I, I'm, I can live any way I want to. And when I stand before God, I can say, yeah, I believed in you, so let me into heaven. No, it's a life of faith. It's a life committed to him. It's a life in the fear of God. That you say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to walk under, you know, your government and your control and your lordship. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. You, I belong to you. My life belongs to you. I'm to live pure because you've called me to live pure. The only reason I wouldn't live pure is because I don't care about what you think. And I'm not concerned about pleasing you or obeying your word. When you fear God, you obey his word. But he said the first thing David tells us is hearken unto the Lord and be taught the fear of God. Who doesn't want verses, verse 12 the promise of it. What man is he that desires life? I desire life. I desire life. And loves many days. I want to live as long as God wants me to. You know, there's an old song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Lupe shaking her head. She knows. That song's an old song. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Sheer panic goes through a person's heart in their life whenever they think, oh my gosh, they've just spoken something to me and I've just been given the worst news in the world. 
terminal this or terminal that or my life is going to be cut short. But he said in the word of God, what man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? I can tell you, you must hearken to the voice of the Lord and walk in the fear of God. The condition to be taught, the fear of the Lord is to, first of all, hearken unto his word. And he said, keep your tongue. Keep your tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Make sure that you don't speak things that are contrary to the fear of God. I was sitting at the DMV yesterday. Oh, what a joy. But I said, I have to renew my license. And after three times, they let you do it online. But they said, this time, you have to come in. And I thought, great. Just what I always wanted to do, spend four hours at the DMV. So I went in. I got my number. And I thought, you know, I got my thing because I'm going to get a real ID. Because they want you to have that to be able to fly. So I go in. Long story short, my number was G. 427, I went and I thought, oh, okay. I sat down. They were on G333. I thought, I'm going to be here for a while. So this lady sitting next to me, I'm sitting there, and, you know, I always try to carry on a conversation, and we're just talking. And, and I said, well, they told me to come, you know, over here and sit down. The lady told me in the DMV, they don't want you standing there in the front. I said, so I'm over here sitting down. I'm so glad I found me a spot. She said, well, I'll tell you. She said, nobody tells me what to do. I'd have told them that blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, I thought, Lord, help me. You know, I asked you to help me to talk to somebody today about you, and it's not getting off on a good start here. And I said, well, you know, Thank God we got some place to sit and we're not standing like those other people over there. You know, just trying to be wise, you know. The Lord said, keep your tongue from saying things. You know, we say a lot of things that are contrary to the fear of God. We complain about things that we cannot change. And if you complain about something that you cannot change, you're blaming God. Especially if it's something that is just an everyday environmental thing. Get out there and you just, we complain about things, you know. And it's like, you know what, sometimes it snows, sometimes it rains. Sometimes things happen and, you know, we complain and we get angry, we get bugged, we get all these things. And we ought to just rejoice. Rejoice. I'm, you know what, Lord? I fear you so much that I just know that you've got my best interest at heart. There's something, there's something that you're shielding me from, and I fear you, and I know that you're in total control. And so I'm not going to complain or speak things because we speak a lot of negativity. Oh, yeah. Just remember, I pastor you folks. People speak a lot of negativity. Nothing good or positive comes out of their mouth. It's always negative. Think about it. If you changed the whole attitude about how you speak, instead of saying, you know, today I feel like trash. Why don't you say, you know what? I just thank God today. He's going to give me a good day. Speak faith. 
Speak life. Don't speak contrary to the fear of God or the greatness of God because that's, in a nutshell, what I'm talking about. Speak life. Speak peace. Speak hope. Speak something positive. Speak, you know, I got down I said, Lord, I'm not going to mumble and grumble to you anymore. I'm going to come to you in faith. Oh, the Spirit of God hit me. I said, oh, my goodness. The power of life and death is in your tongue. What you speak. For years they taught us, you know, you shouldn't do that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I found out the Bible says you should. You should. You should speak life instead of complaining. You know, instead of, you say, I, I feel bad, but you know what? I'm believing God to heal me today, to feel better today. Yeah, I woke up and the day isn't looking so great, but you know what? I praise the Lord and I'm going to speak life because I fear my God. I know He's a great God. And he's worthy of my submission. So make sure you don't sabotage your own life because of the things that you speak. Amen. Come on now. Praise God. Come on. Don't, don't, don't speak death or negativity to, to, to your spouse or to your children. Because everything is right here in this mouth. And you can destroy or you can build up. And we're supposed to be edifiers. Amen. That's right. Keep your tongue. Depart from evil. Verse 15, 17, 18, and 19. I, I, I want to read that to you in verse 34. Or chapter 34, rather. He says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. His ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is, is, is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken and a contrite, broken heart and saveth such as of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Realize God is overseeing every part of our lives. All those scriptures should speak to us. Fear means dependence, the fear of God. Dependence and trust and faith that he will bring us out through all the afflictions and every trouble that we have. You want to know why people walk around and they're, they're distraught and they're downtrodden and they're troubled about the things that are going on in this world? Because their dependence is upon it. And not upon God. Pastor, that's a hard thing. I get you. I understand. But God is bringing us as His saints and His believers to come to the place to where we trust Him. Because the carpet's going to be ripped out from this world. And people don't want to hear it. But I'm going to tell you whether you want to hear it or not. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're going to go through things in the future. We may not be there now, but we're going to be there in the future. And you better know your God. You better know in whom you have believed. And you better fear Him and not the system and not the world and not those things. Because the people that fear the, the Antichrist spirit and the beast spirit are going to go and they're going to take a mark. Because they're going to say, how am I going to eat? I'm going to tell you something. God is speaking to us, and he's trying to prepare his church for times that we're going to go through. And I don't believe that the church is going to go through the great tribulation or that, 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 that part of it. But I'm telling you right now, we are going to experience some things in this life. And I'm not speaking negativity to you. I'm speaking reality to you. I'm trying to tell you the fear of the Lord is going to bring you through and keep you stable and sound during those times. 
God despises self-confidence that we have. When I say self-confidence, I mean a a prideful self-confidence. But loves God-dependent confidence. And there's a huge difference. My dad used to share years ago of a preacher, a young preacher. And he went in to preach and he went up. And he had the best suit on, and he had shoes, and they were shined. He had a tie, everything. He was looking all, and he had his Bible under his hand, and he walked up there just as strutting like a banny rooster. And you ever seen a banny rooster? Amen. You're like, you ain't got nothing, chicken. You have no, you know. <laughs> he walked in there, and he got up behind that pulpit, and he fumbled around. And he, you never saw a preacher drown behind a pulpit trying to preach he didn't make it five minutes through a message defeated discouraged a failure he closed the bible and he went and he started to walk down he told the pastor thank you he said i I can't do this and he walked down the aisle you know this is why we need landmarks in our life this is a true story old preacher old man of god stood out in the middle of the aisle as the man young man came he was probably in his early 20s coming down He stopped him and he said, son, I want to tell you something. My dad used to tell this story. He said, if you'd have went up the way you came down, you'd have come down the way you went up. Be humble next time, son. Depend upon God, not yourself, not your learning, not everything that you can do and your talents and your gifts. But come humbly before him. And he said, you'll preach under the power and the anointing of God. And you'll leave that place knowing I've obeyed God and God got the glory. And you, you, can, you can leave there confident in God knowing I did what God called me to do. He said, if you'd have come up the way you went down, you'd have come down the way you went up. Self-confidence is something. Prideful self-confidence is the thing that that the Bible says God hates it. A proud look. Look. The fear of God says, Lord, I have no confidence in me, but I have all confidence in you. I want to close with Proverbs 3. I'm going to close, I promise you. Verse 5. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. Listen. He says in verse 8, it shall be health to thy navel, marrow to thy bones. We cannot lean on our own understanding. We have to fear the Lord. Because our own understanding is faulty. Years ago, David Ortega taught me that. He don't even remember it, but he did. We can't lean on our own understanding. Because, see, when we lean on our own understanding, we're not dependent upon God. But depend upon Him. And he said, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In every area. You need to have the fear of God in your relationships. You need to have the fear of God on your job. You need to have the fear of God in everything that you do. 
Because you are dependent upon him. You're submitted to him. And he said, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil. You cannot depart from evil if you don't fear the Lord. And he said, it shall be health to your navel and marrow to thy bones. You want to know why people have ulcers and they can't sleep and they have all of these medical conditions and why they don't have the health of God because they don't fear the Lord. But if we'll fear the Lord, he'll heal everything in you. He'll heal your mind. You won't have to take pills. You won't have to take things that make you go to sleep, make you wake up. You won't have to have all of this stuff, but the Lord will heal you. And you say, well, pastor, I'm not there yet. Seek the face of God because I don't know what people take. I don't know what they do. And I, I assure you of this, the Lord will heal your body. Because we've had people in this church that were on psych meds and were on all kinds of other things, and the Lord healed them. And they're walking in that victory today. And I don't know if that's you. I don't know if you're on something. But I promise you this. You don't need any kind of medicine. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Amen. I'm, I assure you of this. I've taken medicine and God told me to stop. He said, don't take it. Don't do that. You know, don't take it. I, I, I went to my doctor and he put the fear in me of, of, of the report. Oh, your cholesterol is so high and this and that. And you're just a walking heart attack. I said, I am not. They said, here, take this. You need to take this to stop your liver from producing all this cholesterol, you know, your cholesterols. I said, I don't want to take that. He said, take it. So I went home. I got that prescription, okay? I'm fearing what he's saying over what God's Word says. You're not going to die until I'm ready to take you home. But I took that pill for that cholesterol, and I laid in that bed at night, and my body locked up. I mean, I had pain and muscles and joints, and I thought, this is horrible. You know, they told me, you need to take this. And so I started looking up all the side effects to that, you know, statin drug. And I'm looking on there, and all these things, I said, yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. All these things that they're saying, it's me. And I thought, you know what, Lord, I was a whole lot better before I took that pill. I could sleep. I didn't feel like that I'd been beaten with a baseball bat. And so I said, I'm not taking it no more. I took it one day. That's it. I got rid of that. Not taking it no more. You say, Pastor, I'm going to tell you right now. Don't even say that to me. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I trust the Lord. And when God is done with me, he's done with me. You hear me. I'm going to tell you right now. I do everything I can do to try to use wisdom and, and try to watch my diet. I watch everything I eat. It goes right in my mouth. Amen. I said, don't eat eggs. I said, I eat eggs every day. Amen. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. I go to the gym. I run. I work out. I try to exercise. I drink pomegranate juice every day because they tell you, well, almost every day, but they tell you pomegranate juice has the highest antioxidant in it, and you go get that bottle of palm, drink that every day, and clear your arteries. They said it takes 30, 13% a year of your 
plaque in your, in your arteries, it removes it. And I said, amen, that's good enough for me. Praise the Lord. I said, pomegranate is in the Bible, and, and it's something that's spiritual. And I said, you know what, I'm going to drink pomegranate juice. And that's my, you know, that's my statin, amen. That's my, that's my healing balm of Gilead. That's what I'm going to drink. And I take that every day, and I drink that. And I said, you know what, Lord, you are my doctor. You are my great physician. And when you're finished with me, I want to go home when you're done. But I refuse to let the fear of man hold me in captivity and cause me to make decisions based upon what they say when God said, how many problems did you have until you took that pill? I'm not taking it no more. You said, Pastor, I live by that. That's okay for you, but I'm going to tell you for me, I'm going to tell you right now, I am not going to live that way. I believe the report of the Lord. And he's faithful. He's faithful. He's healed me too many times. You know, I've trusted him too many times, and he's never failed. And so it's like Pastor Duke always said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just don't try to change it. Just keep serving God. Keep serving God. Keep serving God. And so I'm just telling you tonight, don't base your life off of the fear that the world tries to put in you, but trust the fear of the Lord. Walk in that fear, and you'll be all right. Amen? You'll be all right. Hallelujah. Well, I've preached. I'm done. Amen. He's faithful. He's faithful. Father, I thank you tonight. Lord, I, I just thank you for years ago when I got saved and you gave me the fear of the Lord. You put that in me. But Lord, it's not a horror. It's not a, a, a thing that would cause torment or cause a lack of peace. In fact, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's the exact opposite. Lord, there's peace. There's joy. There's rest. There's stability. There's all of these things, and I trust you today. And Lord, I pray that tonight that everyone in here, Lord, that's not walking in the fear of the Lord, that they will begin to search you out and seek you out for that fear to begin to come in them, God, and them to walk in that, that to be their testimony and that to be their profession, Lord, and declaration in their life, that they would walk in the fear of the Lord. Strengthen each and every one of us. Help us, Lord, to know, God, that you are our confidence, you are our shield, our buckler, you're our defense, Father God, and that that when we uh, rest underneath the shadow of your wing, we don't have to fear no evil. For you are with us, Father God. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You're a faithful God, and you're going to take care of your people. Help us in this generation to walk in the fear of God and deliver us from the fear of man in the world. And we ask this in Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you tonight.